Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Abby. And I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today, we are talking about episode two of season one, Yesteryear. episode of TAS. Aren't we all I mean, do you want to, do you want to, yeah. is that what, are you bringing us back? Is that what's happening? I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. It is. It's the best episode of TAS. It's definitely, I mean, it's a DC Fontana. Yeah. I had um, that note as soon as I saw it come up on the title. I was like, yes, DC Fontana. <laughs> um, I mean, I have some questions, but uh, yeah, I would I, say this is definitely a, a good one. Um, yeah, I would say it's a good one, but yeah, I definitely have some questions about uh, oh, there's some time stuff travel. That make sense. I would have yeah. to, I would have to flip back. Maybe I'll do that pretty quick because um, we've only seen like ten of these. But um, I would say there were probably some of these that I thought were about as good. Not the Magic of Megas Two. Um, <laughs> but, you know. That one was so good, though. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of these are kind of middling or or pretty decent, but uh, yeah, okay. Point taken. This is a pretty good one. It yeah, is excellent. Um, so the time vortex, which is just the guardian of forever. Yeah, <laughs> I had that question. Right? Is this supposed to be the guardian of forever? It um, is. I guess if the, I guess this is what you get if you ship off a picture of the guardian to an of animation studio and say yeah you know kind of make it a thing that we could walk around or jump into yeah it was i i mean it doesn't quite work like the guardian of forever worked before but it is supposed to be the guardian of forever so okay (laughs) yeah i mean it kind of does because like the premise of that was like bones jumped in it and then all of a sudden the enterprise disappeared right yeah, no, yeah. it wasn't that. It's just that when they they had to like time it themselves, they couldn't just be oh, like, "Hey, yeah. Guardian you're, of Forever, right, right. Yeah, I want to yeah. go here. Will you take me here?" And the Guardian goes, "Yep, here you go. Yeah. Jump on of course, in." Of course, yeah, because think... that's the whole point of that is that Kirk yeah, they like weren't sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like Spock explicitly asked the Guardian, like, "How close can you get?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Close-ish." Uh, but yeah, that, there's a whole big part of that where it, they only are able to do it because Spock was taking readings, right. and so he knows yeah. when he jumped through, and then also sees what was happening in the vortex at very high speed, which was the newspaper headlines um, from the time before and after McCoy was in. So, yeah, yeah, this this guardian does not work the same way. Maybe it's a different guardian. Maybe, maybe there's a whole like planet of guardians and they all work slightly differently and they aren't friends and they just like talk shit about the other guardians <laughs> because they can't have the same powers that the other and they just like, it's like a dysfunctional family on the planet. That yeah, would make sense. The, the, the other one is the like chaotic neutral and yeah. this one is like, this one's the, this one's lawful like, good. Neutral neutral or like, a, yeah, right. <laughs> Lawful neutral. I think it's more lawful neutral. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's fair. Um, <laughs> but it's it's a great premise, right? Though that like all of a sudden no one knows who Spock is. Yeah, yeah, 
I do like that. And I like that, like, the Andorian first officer is like, uh, I'm the first officer <laughs> and uh, <laughs> step off. <laughs> I also like his realization of if your plan succeeds, I like you'll you won't know me. Yeah, <laughs> he, won't, right? he won't cease existing. Right. He just wouldn't get the post. Right. But He'll be somewhere else in space. Yeah, he's just like, well, see you guys never, I guess. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was a little bit like, oh, okay, I guess, sure. Well, you'd think, like, Kirk and Spock would remember him, and then we'd maybe, like, look him up. So, Kirk won't, right? Because Spock is the one who went in and fixed it, and Kirk was still outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think Spock is the only one who would. Right. Yeah, it's confusing. That part is confusing, because I, like, it made sense to me that, like, Kirk... And Spock would remember each other because they were in the vortex yes. at the same time yep. and no one else does. Like, that makes sense to me. But yeah, with Spock being the only one that goes back to fix the timeline, it doesn't make sense anymore that Kirk even knew what was going on. He would know that they were on the planet and he would... Yes. Well, he might... Boy. I know. It gets weird. He would remember up to the first <laughs> part. But there would be... Okay. This this is there a place where there's like there are paradoxes on paradoxes on paradoxes. This is a really fun yes. episode. In in that sort of like many paradoxes. That that like how do you think about time travel and the paradoxes that arise from it? Is it's a it is a really fun thought experiment episode because you're right, right that Kirk would remember being on the planet but would have no reason to have sent Spock back to fix something because Spock right. already existed and there was no yeah, reason right. to send Spock back to fix it. But the, but it um, also doesn't really make sense in time travel that Spock going on a specific mission would mean he didn't go on another mission because that's not yes. how time works. <laughs> yes, exactly. unless, unless you, you're saying this like the idea that when the Guardian is looking at something... Um, it is looking at it is actively resetting the universe at that point and then having all the causal events from that play out. And so when time travelers don't do things that they did, I mean that's what they're saying, right? They're saying Wait, that, but they also saying. mentioned that they're like, we didn't change anything. So what what affected this that Spock's now gone? Yeah. Like that was the, if they had said like, oh no, something happened, we changed the timeline, and then it was I like who's this? That yeah. would have made more sense. Which to was me. the premise but of the Edge of Forever. Yeah, which yeah. honestly makes way more sense to me. So when they it were does. like, we didn't yeah. do anything, why would the timeline have changed? And they were like, it's because Spock wasn't on this other mission. I'm like, no, that's not how time travel works. <laughs> so it, yeah I don't know I just that part bothered me I would have had less problems if they had accidentally done something in the mission they were on that affected yeah. the Vulcan timeline like then I, I would have been like okay I think I, I I think I could see myself getting halfway there or maybe even more than halfway there um, because I thought it was going to be like you said thought they were going to come back and say like oh well we like I did do this one thing and then when they looked up Sarek, it was going to be like, he's also the ambassador of Orion or something now. And mm. that didn't happen or et cetera. Right. And yeah, the idea that by, by looking at an event happening in the past and seeing it not happening the same way because the time travel elements of it aren't happening because they, yeah, boy, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is where it's I'm getting mess. halfway. This is where I'm getting halfway. When they looked at that, they should have seen Spock in the past interacting with his younger self. Um, yeah. But it hadn't happened yet, right? This is literally the bootstrap paradox, like in a very literal sense of the, the literal interpretation of 
it is literally Spock lifting himself by his bootstraps, which you can only do if you're a time traveler, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the whole idea of the bootstrap paradox, um, that like, it's not possible unless you're traveling time and you go back and cause yourself to be who you are, that then is, um, who goes back and saves yourself. So right. it's again, full of paradoxes and interesting ones. And, you know, I think the way they get there is weird. You're right. I get about halfway yeah. there. I think I get a little farther just, than you, but yeah, like I, it's fine. Like it's whatever. I just, I, I, the only time I have problem with time travel, I love time travel, but I hate when it like doesn't follow its own rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a tricky like, one. We don't know what the guardian is doing, right? Yeah, that's true too. Whatever. Okay. So Spock goes back to save his younger self so that he doesn't die and his mother doesn't die and his parents won't get divorced and whatever. So I enjoyed that when he was keeping a personal log in the time travel time, he called it subjective time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much. It made me so happy. I also want the fluffy pet. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, this <laughs> cell, not the cell, like that's Spock's name. Silicon. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, they, so the pet's name is Ichia, and I read on Memory Alpha that it was supposed to be Ichia, and, and they, uh, the reason they had to change it was because the boy who voiced young Spock, like they used his audition tape for the final audio uh. and he was told them to like, he was told to pronounce it wrong. So instead of bringing him back for the extra expense, they just changed everybody else's pronunciation in post. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, young yeah. Spock is adorable. He is precious and cute. It's true. This episode. Yeah. This is also where we learn that Amanda's maiden name is Grayson. Just hmm. FYI. That does make sense. Interesting. Yeah, so, you know. That, that comes up in TNG as well, I would think. I think so, yeah. Okay. But yeah, this is this is the origin. And yeah. I okay. I don't so why did the Ichia die? Because he got venomously bitten. No, I know that. But like why was it a change? What yeah. did Spock do differently? Exactly. Yeah, that was that also was weird and didn't make any sense. But sure, but uh, yeah, and also why didn't that affect anything else? But okay, like uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it seems it like that weird... would have affected a lot more, right? Mm. Yes, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I just was sad because they had to put down their pet, and that was yeah, upsetting. It's to a me. sad ending. As a person with a senior dog, I did not care for it <laughs> even yeah. at all. <laughs> It was, but, but, I but didn't like it. It is a good it question. Of, like, he went back, and it's not it that he was thing. even meta metagaming and thinking, oh, well, I know what I should do, so maybe I did it a slightly different or slightly wrong, or he tried to fix it. Um, this is his first swing at it, first and only swing at it, which is the mm-hmm. thing that realistically happened to him as a child. Um, yeah. Allegedly, it right? It shouldn't have been changed. Um, so, yeah, it, it's tricky. Yeah, it's weird that it changes. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I don't, I don't argue with like the lesson of like euthanasia being a positive thing in many ways. Like I, like that, that is fine. I just, as a human person with a pet, who yeah, was yeah, older, yeah. No, it's, I was sad. Yeah, it was definitely like it. It was a turn, right? It was like it was wow. a twist. <laughs> like, it was okay, a twist. This is, this is, we're into the bummer part of this episode, like. 
Yeah. Seriously, I was just well, and the network didn't want the, to let them do it, I guess. And Roddenberry went to bat for DC Fontana and hmm. was like, "No, let her keep it," and they did. So, and they really didn't get any pushback on it because everybody was so excited about learning about Spock's childhood. Pretty much, <laughs> I, I could also, I could see it working the opposite direction too. So I could see Spock, yeah, like remembering that his pet died. And then, and then maybe even like thinking about trying to fix it and then yeah. having to grapple with, do right. I try to fix it and save this pet and then maybe screw up the future or not? Um, and then, you know, either way, then the pet still has to die. Well, I guess the way that Spock would probably let it play out, it would still happen. Well, that's a lot like Edith. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that is true. It's like yeah. literally. Then it would be literally the same episode. So yeah, the, yeah she's rewriting that, but from the opposite. But it's it's yeah. Person. The pet is not the the linchpin here, right? Right. The pen's no. Right. So it would be it a just, good. Just might mess up the future. Yeah, it would be a good homage to City on the Edge, but yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A good also, I it seemed like. They were kind of, this I didn't understand, like, they seemed to be, like, implying that somebody was messing with the timeline, but that never panned out. Yeah. (laughs) And I was confused, because, like, they really did seem like they were going towards, like, someone is adjusting the timeline and play, and I thought it was going to be, end up being, like, the Andorian or something, and it wasn't, and I was kind of disappointed, honestly. That'd be really cool. I kind of wanted someone to be... Yeah, I kind of wanted someone to be messing with the timeline. If this was a 42-minute episode... Probably would uh, yeah, that been, probably yeah. would have been the thing, but yeah, what? I don't know. This did have possibly my favorite Spock line of all time, question mark? Mm, okay. There is some human blood in my family line. It's not fatal. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed very hard and I it delighted me completely. <laughs> And Nimoy's delivery of it was perfect and beautiful, and I loved it. I loved him interacting with his younger self. That was just cool. Yeah, it was really nice. And I liked I liked the little moment he has with Sarek, too, that it's like, if you could, like, you know, make an attempt to understand your child instead of just judging him all the time, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarek being like, I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but sure, whatever. <laughs> he was like, that's a weird request. Yeah. <laughs> It was very Sarek. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, that checks. <laughs> Sarek's kind of a terrible father. I'm not going to lie. He's not great. They don't get he's along. Not, he's not a great dad. I'm not. He's just not very good at it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, but overall, like, this was, this was a nice episode. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. It's the peak of TAS, guys. It's the only yeah, one I, mean, I remembered. I like hanging out well, on Vulcan. Okay, I think. It's good times. There's, there's. There's two parts of that, though, right? This is memorable. Uh, this is a memorable episode. So I, yeah, I, I'm not sure true. that it's only memorable because it's good. It's memorable because it it employs a lot of the set pieces and, and character. Well, a character that we know and care about. A lot of these other ones, it's just like like what just happened in the last episode, right? Uh, Infinite Vulcan. Like I could barely remember that, and <laughs> it's just that lots of it were forgettable, other than it. You know, giant Spock or like Megas too. Like that's memorable. I'm gonna remember that one because it's weird. Um, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, so I think I think just because it's memorable doesn't necessarily mean it's good. But 
No, but it's also I think this one is both. It's both memorable and good. Yeah, I think. Well, and it's the only episode for the animated series that DC Fontana wrote. So, I mean, that also kind of checks out that it's one of the more memorable ones. DC Fontana ones. Yeah. I mean, yes, always and forever. That would have been great. Yeah. All right, Chels. Hit us. Hit us. I think you already named something, Abby. Don't mess with the past. Well, yeah. Don't mess with time is always the big one, right? Yeah, that's always a huge... Every single time episode in Star Trek. (laughs) Period. But yeah, uh, like, euthanasia can be good, or um, we must not be scared of death, or, like, another way to put it, like, loss of life is to be mourned, but, you know... uh, uh, really, it's much sadder to like make someone suffer, um, and if they've had a good life, it's fine. Lots of like death messages, like about death being okay here. I think those are those are the main ones. And don't mess with time. <laughs> don't mess with seriously. Time. Do not mess with time. <laughs> I feel like they want to mess with time. Oh, it's not. It's not good to mess with time. They want to. They want to every every. Every single time they do this. <sighs> right. So I, there's not really a villain this episode. Uh, yeah. Is it the t- guardian again? I was I was just thinking, and um, like when we did this last time, did we say the guardian or did we say? I think we said time travel. Well, I know we said time travel for the one where they go back to the '60s. And oh, it was that one. So we said time travel for that. We, I think, we did say the guardian for kind of the villain because the guardian in City on the Edge it plays a lot more of a role. Yeah, like you said, this 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 feels like a different guardian. We did guardians. The guardian was the villain for City on the Edge. Yeah. Um. Whereas here, it's. Yeah, it, it's almost like the computer, right? The Guardian is not really responding, isn't bantering with them. It, it's just doing the things that they tell it. Much, much less so than in City on the Edge. So maybe this one is time travel? Yeah, probably. Yeah, let's just go with time travel because I honestly don't know what else it would be. But then, like, or like failure to time travel, or like, I guess the failure to time travel was because of the time travel. Is that time travel? <laughs> We're getting super meta. <laughs> well, because Spock forgot to time travel because he was too busy time traveling, right? right. So, exactly. exactly. Oh gosh. Then he had to go time Let's... travel to make up for not time traveling. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my brain hurts. So I think it's time travel. Um, Let's just go with time travel. The, the, now, is that going to be the scariest thing like it was last time? I think it has to be. Like, time travel is yeah. like terrifying. I think it has to be. Pa- paradoxes are messed up, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's put it on. It's like the fact that, okay, let's also put it out there. The fact that, I mean, I, I see why DC Fontana would want to write another episode here. But, like, in universe, the fact that they didn't just put up, you know, buoys around this planet and say look forbidden planet no one go here exactly the fact that they're sending like science teams down <laughs> they're like yeah let's just <laughs> let's just go through and look at this event like no problem uh is insane uh it is insane. Yeah. i agree it's weird that's the premise of <laughs> a book series that i really like 
It's like the historians and the scientists like go back in time and like observe things, but of course they always mess things up too. Makes well, sense. Yeah, it wouldn't be any fun otherwise. Yep. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, time for bingo, bingo time. Time for bingo, bingo. Mm-hmm. I bingo do time. have one clarifier because okay. I can't remember. Uh, are we counting? I mean, since it's the Guardian, I'm assuming we're including space powers. Oh yeah, in the Guardian has to have space. Yeah. Powers. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's like right. quintessential space powers, right? Yeah. Because where does it they get never, it from? Yeah. The fact that they never talk about why they kind of do at the beginning. They're like all the timeline, all the timelines in the universe <laughs> converge on this here. point or something. Yeah. They. But even that. that is a pretty bad explanation. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Space powers. All right. So, did we get bingo friends? Well, there's time travel, and there's space powers, and Spock's a main character, so he probably says interesting. But not many other characters do anything. That's true, too. Um, and they're not... In fact, we don't even see a lot of other characters. Yeah, and he doesn't have weapons or communicators. He's not trying to do a lot of the things that he would normally be doing or anyone would be doing. That's true, too. So, and we can't have any of the, like, Klingons or Romulans or... That's you know, true, too. Um, so, I don't know. It feels like even though it is a very... It, it's. Instead of a lot of these episodes being, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, this one is like an inch wide and a mile deep. Uh, and we're just getting all the Vulcan stuff, but nothing else. So I'm tempted to say no. I don't honestly think we did either. Abby? We were one away. Okay. We had five. We did have five. So there's Captain's Log. There are Vulcan neck pitches all over the place. Um, Mark Leonard did return to voice Sarek, so we had a returning actor who oh, wasn't. Yeah. I, meant to, I meant to look that up. Um, that's yes, it was Mark Leonard. He was available, so he came back for Sarek. Um, awesome. Time travel and space powers. That's what we got. We were what? Just need one more. We could have had it. And Spock never says fascinating. Oddly, that's so weird. <laughs> I know <laughs> it is weird, you but know, he never it, does. It does. It does track because he usually says fascinating when, like, when he's surprised by something or when like something new happens. Yeah, and he's that's true. he's seen things that he's already seen before, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, friends, what are we watching next time? What made up uh, episode are you going to say that we're going to um, watch next time? I forgot to like look at the discs when I was putting them in to watch these. Um, let's say the. Uh, the trident of um, <laughs> the, the trident of uh, General Mills is that in the book? <laughs> That's actually a pretty good title, though. To just the fact that I have some trident on my desk. It's not and, terrible. Uh, the trident of General Mills. I mean, okay. Are we let's write like, that episode. Are we doing like vaguely poetic phrases then? Uh, you have. Been. You can. <laughs> you have been. That's been your thing. Do it. Yeah, that's true. Let's continue that. All right. Um, red thorns have the mulberry. <laughs> wow. It's Kellogg's that makes Pop-Tarts, too, uh, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so neither neither of you are... are <laughs> Wait, really? Uh, We're not right? <laughs> We're not. It's You're not, weirdly. Uh, we are going to season two, episode two, BEM. That's the name of the... It's three letters. It's BEM. B-E-M. Yep. The Enterprise crew is being observed to evaluate their sustainability to meet with advanced civilizations. That actually sounds... I... 
don't know Ooh. quite what that means, but sure. Hmm. It'll be a thing. I have a, it kind of feels like humanity on trial again. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I like those. But bad. yeah, so uh dear listener, do not forget you can follow us on your social media of choice at 30 beam up bat beam three, uh Facebook and Instagram. Uh say hi and uh subscribe and share and all that jazz so we can do stuff. And we'll see you next time for BEM.